Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and welcome back to Doom Coming. It's getting too easy. (laughs) I I think you just hold the O until your voice cracks. That's what I've been noticing. Yeah. Well, I'm just here to have a good time, Kristen, and that's part of it. So (laughs) today we're talking about season one, episode six, Saints. Saints, plural, as in when the go marching in. Uh, <laughs> this episode was written by Ashley Lyle, Bart Nickerson. You might remember them from every other episode. And also uh, Chantel Wells. It was directed by someone whose surname is Woodruff <laughs> and whose first name is either Bill or Billy. It's spelled B-I-L-L-E. Depends on how you feel that day. This Episode originally aired on December 19th, 2021. Lucky for you, Jenny, you're finally out of your least favorite time span uh, between. Yes, uh, order has been restored. Yes, I am now 41 and you remain at 40. Congratulations. Nice. This is the one where the girls tangle with the birds and the bees, navigating love, lust, and DIY surgery. In the present, blackmail, bunnies, and an icy reunion. Misty prepares for a house guest. Kristen, yikes. Yes, as they said in the 90s, yikes, stripes, fruit, striped gum. Wow. (laughs) I forgot. Uh, Whenever I hear the word yikes, it's truly what I think of. So that's where I live. So what's this episode about besides what you just said? Well, so, you know. We like to find a character. Last episode, we uh, didn't find a character unless you went with Jenny's choice of Triangle Buddy. Um, this, triangle Buddy! You didn't see my original note. Uh, right now in, in the show notes, it says Lottie? Salvation? But the first uh, draft of that was uh, Lottie and Jesus? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which, like, you know... Potato, potato. Exactly. Um, but I think, you know, it's funny because... 
the episodes are getting more, there's more connective tissue between the past and the present as we move forward. And so, and the the formatting is not consistent, right? Which I, I think is a, a mark of a quality show, like a quality writing, you know, that they're not like, and then every episode we will do it like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it feels like it's Lottie in that we get baby Lottie yet again. How many feet do we have in our mouths at this point from that first episode? That so we many taped? feet. So many feet. Um, but it's like, you know, we there it is Lottie, but we don't get it's not all Lottie. It's like we get baby Lottie. We get a lot. <laughs> we get a Lottie of Lottie. And um, we also but we also get a ton of other characters and their their plot lines. So, you know, I, I call it Lottie, but it's a little different than when, like, our focus was Ty in episode three. Yeah. Well, we don't have the benefit of seeing Lottie in 2021. Yeah, that's, that's true. that's a thing. Mm hmm. But shall we kick it off with what Lottie's getting up to in this episode? Yeah, I mean, so, well, let's start with the with baby, with the adorable baby Lottie. All these children so are so cute. Um, so we get, I mean, wh- what do we think this is? Like 1990? Uh, yeah, 89. 89. Uh, Taylor Swift is being born somewhere and Lottie is sitting in but, the... There's no, there's no reason to bring her into this. I'm sorry, 1989. That's, she, I can't mm-hmm. separate it from Taylor Swift being born. <laughs> um, so little Lottie is in the back seat. Her parents are in the front seat. They're discussing the cost of oil, which is super relatable content to watch in 2022. Yeah, Kristen, do you remember what um, what a tank of gas cost the first time you filled up your car when you became a driver i don't remember what a tank cost but i remember that there was a good span of time where gas was under a dollar or just over a dollar a gallon there was one time when it was 89 cents a gallon at the at the gas station on the corner where my high school was when i was driving the first time i filled up my car was 84 cents a gallon yeah yeah I mean, what? Just wild. Just absolutely wild. I mean, think about that. Like I have my car right now has like a 16 gallon tank, which means that at those prices, it would have cost me $16 to fill up my whole gas tank. And now it costs me like 70 to $80. I mean, it's not funny. It's really upsetting. But that's where we are. Anyhow. The parents are in the front seat talking about uh, something they're hearing on the radio, cost, cost of oil, da 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 And then baby Lottie screams in the back seat, and they're like- She lets out a little precognition shriek. Yeah. Which prevents her parents from driving when the light turns green, and then there's a big old smash up. Great big car accident right really in front of them. Really so What we can take away from this is that- what I take away from this is that Lottie uh, had some some precog uh, advantage and just saved everybody's lives. And then she returns to happily brushing her My Little Pony's mane. Is it actually a My Little Pony? I meant to look. Yes. It is. It's a legitimate, oh, yes. a brand name pony. I don't know why they would <clears throat> bother putting one in that wasn't a MLP. 
Well, yeah, especially because I mean, it it appears by all counts the that the, the Matthews family the is Matthews loaded. Matthews family is loaded. Exactly, exactly. Because I think that's why they would make the decision not to, is if the if the Matthews family was not loaded. Um, so, Mr. Matthews is the Scully of this nuclear family, and Mrs. Matthews is the Mulder. Yeah, mom believes Lottie. Dad's like put her on meds. So this uh-huh. is um this ties into a conversation that we were not able to like fully have last week, right? Where like we we saw that Lottie was on meds, she was running out of meds. It was like is this show going to be all in the real like all in this realm or in other realms and I think this episode really takes it to okay, so like at the very least we've gotten backstory on Lottie seeing a car crash or something that gave her the ability to warn her parents and then seeing as we will talk about many 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 things in 1996 in the woods um off of these meds that we know her dad you know put her on basically at this point in her young life when she's like eight years old maybe maybe i mean honestly you said 89 when i said 90 but i think um, my math is probably off i think she's probably like six here she's pretty little Mm. So do you want to talk about some of the visions that she has in the woods? Uh, one in particular that that we get to see so many times despite wanting to never, ever, ever see it. At least if you're me, yeah. Kristen Russo. Yeah, this bloody antlered deer trotting about. Is this what a deer looks like when it is shedding its antlers? I did not think so, but... Ben seems convinced and I, like, I feel very trusting of Ben. Ben has hunting facts. He's got condoms. Ben has everything you need for your uh, crash in the woods. <laughs> okay, yuck. I'm yeah. I've I've discovered. So, oh my god, yeah. Shedding the the antler velvet does look a little bloody and stringy. Unfortunately. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's pretty nasty. It's pretty gnarly. Um, but we get a lot of of Lottie visions here of this deer specifically. Um, we also get a really, really pointed shot of Lottie sort of like turning. She she is going to go outside because, as I've put in the show notes uh, in this episode, Thaisa is, in fact, eating dirt across all timelines. Um, Indeed. So at one point, Lottie um, in the cabin is is going to go outside and grab a lantern, um, finding young Ty eating dirt. And when she takes that lantern, she also unhooks it from deer antlers and turns around and there is a gorgeous shot Whoa. of Lottie's head in the center of the antlers, giving her this like crown, antler crown, which we have seen in the woods, in those what the hell are these flashbacks when we have all of the like fur masks and other such stuff. I like that you call them the what the hell are these flashbacks. What? Well, just like what is happening here? You know what well, I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I would call them like cannibalism flashbacks. Or I just like... refuse to get on the cannibalism train. You sure, know, sure. Like, I can't, no I'm not getting there until yes. it's been proven beyond the shadow of a doubt. Or how about. Uh, the colloquialized uh, thing that what's been coined on Reddit and the internet, the Antler Queen flashbacks. Okay, maybe sure. sure. Antler, I will. I I accept Antler Queen 
flashbacks but otherwise there are just too many things that could fall into the basket of the what's going on here flashbacks (laughs) that's true (laughs) um but i i stay firm in my innocent until proven cannibal camp (laughs) okay um okay so oh my gosh the so I had the way that um, the way that like note taking has been uh, going on a journey for me is that now, uh, in case anyone really loves to hear what happens behind the scenes, uh, <laughs> I take my notes like like the olden days where I go scene by scene. I take very detailed notes and then I make a, a shared notes document for Jenny and I where I look through my detailed notes and I'm like, oh, this goes here and this goes here and this goes there. And it's actually a really fascinating exercise, I think, especially so for this show, because normally if I do something like that, I'm like, oh, I have like a thought or a second thought. But for this, some like really big shit comes up for me. And um, the biggest thing I think that came up for me in this, which is is part in the Lottie camp, but also part in the Thaisa camp, is that the, and I, I'm sorry to like jump right here, Jenny, but we have this baptism. We're going to talk, I'm sure, a ton about it, right? Laura Lee baptizes Lottie in the lake. And as I was taking my notes, I realized that there's another scene in the lake, which is Van and Thaisa. And Ty and Van are like making out, writing words on each other's bodies. We will also talk more about that scene. But what I realized is like, oh, there's a lake and two things happen in that lake. And both Thaisa and Laura Lee Lottie are both feeling that they're like pointing in a direction of some kind of salvation, right? That mm-hmm. like Thaisa is like, I will save us. I will journey into the, the woods and believe that I can find help for us to save us. And the Lottie and Laura Lee side of things is like much more a spiritual salvation. And how can we trust what we can't touch? Or how can we, tr- like, how do we believe? And how does that belief like mm-hmm. hold us up and possibly save us? So I just like- yeah thought that that was so cool that was like definitely a parallel that my brain I mean I know I know there are folks that watch shows and are just immediately there but like for me it takes a couple of leaps through notes uh in my documents to get there and I just thought it was really really fucking cool and baptism as like a theme in this lake seems just like chef's kiss yeah (laughs) Jenny's looking at me like she's so impressed with me like wow look at her go you know well I had the benefit of reading the show notes before we actually got onto tape so I I burned a lot of my I'm impressed fuel already in the (laughs) privacy of my own home but but I do think this is a very cool observation uh I was kind of confused because there's like a little bit of a waterfall situation going on where uh Taisa and Van are doing their mm. I'm riding on your back game and I thought that was maybe like a little grotto that was like removed from the lake but also I guess it would be at the very least probably connected connected to the yeah, yeah. And and I think, you know, I, I mean, I definitely don't think it even needs to be the same lake for it to have the, you sure. know, submerging in water. And I mean, the let's talk about the baptism. Do you want to just like talk yeah. about that whole journey of, of Lottie? Is this, I think this is really cool. Um, so Lottie has run out of, of her meds and we are to, at least given the information we have, draw lines between the fact that. She is some kind, she has some kind of like precog abilities here. She is some kind of visions. 
and the, these meds have like tamped them down. So now she's having mm-hmm. visions and she's also been, I mean, say what you will, but like she's definitely been robbed of the experience of having these kinds of visions for many, many years. So she is now isolated in the woods after a plane crash, experiencing Mm -hmm. them really for the first time since she was super little. So she is overwhelmed and terrified. Perhaps she wouldn't be if she had had some more in her life. Who knows? But that's where she is. And so she turns, of course, to like Laura Lee to have a conversation because she knows that Laura Lee is very spiritual, has presented herself as such and might have some answers. Honestly, the most important thing that happens in this little subplot in my mind is that when Lottie approaches Laura Lee, she sneaks up on her and Laura Lee is scared. So she says, cheese and rice. Which is a way for uh, you to inoculate yourself against taking the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> yes, I have but cheese, rhyming cheese and rice in all caps in my notes as well. It's funny because in 1996, I can't imagine you saying this, Jenny. But like in 2022, I can imagine you saying mm, cheese and rice. It could happen. Okay, so after Laura Lee says cheese and rice. Lottie ex- mm-hmm. Lottie is basically like, so in the Bible, people like see a bunch of shit, right? <laughs> and, yeah. Lottie uh, is like, yes, visions, connection to God. It's so holy. Everything is chill. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And they have this conversation um, because Laura Lee is like, you know, they in the Bible, they like can be a, a warning or they can be a revelation. And Lottie asks, I think, a really cool question. How did they know they weren't just crazy? And uh, Laura Lee gives an answer that I also think is fucking cool. She says, God gave them faith. It's the substance of things that are hoped for. The evidence of things unseen, they knew it because they believed it. There's some cool fucking Lorelei. Nice. Like, like really. And what I love about the way that Laura Lee is written um, and, and like the words that she gives is she's not at all like it does not feel that she is preaching or that she is saying this is the truth. She starts her sentence by saying, I think, or like the way that I interpret it. Like it's very, it's very beautiful the way that she is sharing her beliefs because it does not yeah. feel, and she's been this way since the jump. I just feel like it really comes to a, a head here in this conversation with Lottie. You know, we've never seen Laura Lee like shame anyone else for their beliefs, at least to my recollection. It very much feels mm-hmm. like Laura Lee believes what she believes. She walks in that belief and she is like, here, if you want to talk to her about it, but also she's not here to like judge you, which like, wow, imagine Jenny, imagine a world where like this was how people practiced Christianity. <laughs> or anything else. <laughs> or anything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, that would be very cool. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh so Laura Lee is like, yo, you have to, I, my, I've got an idea and it involves you accepting Jesus into your heart and me baptizing you. <laughs> and, yes. and I have a spare nightgown. I'm assuming that, that this is Laura well, Lee's. Whose nightgown is that? It's got to be Laura Lee's nightgown, right? I don't know because I think Lottie is like a bit taller than mm. Laura Lee. I think she might be like the tallest in the squad. 
You think um, Lottie packed that nightgown? I mean, Lottie is a pretty great, honestly, out of all of their dressing styles, I think I'm most into Lottie's outfits. They're very I fucking cool. I just think cool. for a week-long trip, a lot of them seem to have multiple pajama out, uh, <laughs> options, which seems... <laughs> You know, in in Buffering the Vampire Slayer, we had a lot of strong opinions about matching pajama sets. Uh, Here in the Doomcoming universe, we're going to have a lot of opinions on how many pairs of pajamas do you need to pack for one week? One is the answer from me. That's how many pairs of pajamas I would pack for one week. Yeah, that seems fine. (laughs) Um. I want to talk for a second about the cinematography in the actual baptism. It is mm-hmm. so gorgeous. We have, yeah. when they go to the lake to do this baptism, um, like we said, Lottie is in a nightgown of her own or who knows? Who's, whose nightgown is it? Uh, share your opinions with us in the comments or, you know, at Buffer and Cast. <laughs> but... She, Laura Lee, puts her under the water, and we see her from above the water. We also get, like, one shot from, like, a shark's vantage point, correct? <laughs> there's, like, a... Well, there's, this like, a... a freshwater sh- lake, Kristen. <laughs> Listen, I guess technically there on Lost, there was sharks, a polar but... bear in the woods. So, like, don't tell me what right. can be in this lake and what okay. can't be. Okay. But um, when we see Lottie from above... It's really beautiful. And then we go to the side. And now Laura Lee is basically gone. And Lottie is like falling through the water. And it's just like these really deep blues and beautiful lighting. It's so, I just fucking love it. I love it so much. And um, Lottie sort of is transported in this moment uh, of baptism to what kind of looks like a scene from Nightmare on Elm Street at the jump it's like a very wet basement like very like are there chains in this basement is there gonna be like a sound effect yeah it's very uh a lamb running by yeah it's super creepy (laughs) yeah um it's really creepy so damp it's, it's super creepy, super damp. And the, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the whole thing is kind of done right on the edge of creepy and gorgeous, which which I, I guess like I have a lot of feelings about that are that feel like powerful, like that feels like a powerful choice because she goes. So then she's going up these stairs and there's all these candles lit and then we're moving out of like horror into like, oh, this is kind. this is actually this is kind of beautiful. And she's like walking through these candles and then she lights one of the candles and that's kind of beautiful. And then she's underwater and it seems so peaceful. She sees Laura Lee's face from underneath the water and then it like darkens at the <laughs> sides of the Woo! frame. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like horror all over again. And she gets yeah. out of the water screaming. Yes. And she says, I saw fire and light. And Laura Lee says, that's the Holy Spirit. You've been touched. Thoughts, Jenny? Yeah. I mean, I think if Lottie had been a little bit more specific about what she saw, this would not necessarily have been Laura Lee's interpretation (laughs) maybe but I also was thinking about like my days of uh studying religion and its history and like how 
dark and terrifying the uh depictions and stories and so much that is the groundwork of like so many of the religions that are practiced on this earth are you know like there like and also the the I took this course once on um, sacrifice. It, it was like a sac. It was like a course on. Sa- it wasn't a course teaching me how to sacrifice. Just don't get too excited. Um, but it was a course on like the history of sacrifice and connecting, like Christianity and the you know like the practices of like taking the blood and the wine and like guys, you don't need to think too hard to figure out where this history, where these traditions were sourced. They were sourced in the things that came before organized Christianity when there were sacrificial rituals, et cetera, et cetera. And so like what I what I love that I don't have like the tools to completely articulate right now is just that I think that if you crack open spirituality and religion, you find things that are terrifying and that really walk the line between like horror and beauty and that like mm. there's power there. And so I love that Lottie has this experience and that Laura Lee without missing a beat is like, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> She's not yeah, like, Kristen, yeah. You ever, uh, you ever got a look at a biblically accurate uh, angel? Yeah, they're fucking terrifying. <laughs> they need they're, all them eyes and wings all over themselves for. They're terrifying. And like we've so taken it, especially like, I mean, I can only speak from a United States perspective, but we've like really taken it. And if you ask, if you showed my mom a picture of one of those a- historically accurate angels, she'd be like, get the hell out of my house with that shit. That's not an angel. Yeah, an angel yeah, yeah. is beautiful and sparkly and pretty and will save me and love me. And <laughs> right, it's like, right. I don't know. I mean, it is too much for like this pod, but I just feel like there's something there that feels important to me because I think maybe a lot of what we've lost along the way with our practicing of religion is its sanitization um, and it's like a uh, black and white nature and it's, you know, like oversimplification. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's rad that Lottie comes out of the water screaming terrified and Laura Lee is like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, this tracks. This is yep, yep, fucking terrifying yep. to fucking see that shit. Yeah. Um, okay. So sorry, I did not anticipate going on a like that deep of a dive into um the baptism, but you know, I was raised Catholic and did a lot of graduate work trying to take religion apart with my hands. So I guess it just bubbled up to the surface, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we will touch upon baptism more, but where do you want to go next? <laughs> Oh, let's talk about Taisa. Oh, boy. Chomp, chomp. She's hungry. She's got a hunger. She's <laughs> The connection, actually, if we go from, from Lottie to Taisa, the connection is also one of my favorite scenes in the series, which is Taisa running, <laughs> running past Lottie and Lottie being like, wait, wait, wait. But before you go, were you eating dirt? <laughs> and Taisa, Taisa being like, what the fuck? No, Lottie, I don't have time for crazy right now. And she just keeps running. It's just good. It's good. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Taisa, not not. <laughs> yeah. So what do we think here? This is Taisa's trauma response. Taisa is eating dirt in 96. And now Taisa is eating dirt in 2021. 
Indeed. Uh, and so, and we have like this whole situation with like Sammy and hearing that Sammy is under overwhelming amounts of stress. It feels like, right? Uh, <laughs> the child psychologist that sees Sammy is diagnosing Ty basically is saying like, oh, psychogenic fugue, dissociative amnesia. Yeah. It's like, it's so close. It's right there, I tell you. <laughs> it's right next. The call is coming from inside the house. Uh, but, and Thaisa is so, I mean, like her response to the idea of therapy is so extreme, like so, in a negative way. You know, she like. She's so mad. She suggests that like the therapist is just trying to make money by misdiagnosing their son, which is, you know, that's a really. That that's very, that's a very bleak way to look at life. Yeah, that is a very extreme um, response to this. And you it makes you wonder too, like what happened when they got back and what has Thaisa been? Because if, I mean, again, we don't know, but it's like if we are to take what this episode seems to be presenting, which is that Thaisa is having these, what is it, fugue states? Mm. <clears throat> and was having them in 96. Then did she see a therapist? Did they are they all I'm sure had to go to therapy when they got back from this experience. I don't know, it was 1997 or 1998 <laughs> when they got back. So really but I don't know. Still, I mean it seems like there was a rejection out of hand from Taisa that she has been like no, hard yeah. no on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh let me just let me give you uh, a definition for dissociative fugue. By the way, mm -hmm. uh, according to Wikipedia, the trusted source of all psychologists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dissociative fugue is a rare psychiatric phenomenon characterized by reversible amnesia for one's identity, including the memories, personality, and other identifying characteristics of individuality. The state can last for days, months, or longer. Uh, dissociative fugue usually involves unplanned travel or wandering mm. and is sometimes accompanied by the establishment of a new identity. For instance, someone who eats dirt. I was going to say, and sometimes includes eating dirt. Um, yeah. We are not doctors. We are not medical professionals. We are we not. We are simply reading a Wikipedia article. We are, yes. We are simply scratching a, a surface of a thing that uh, certainly yeah. can go much deeper than what we're presenting here. Uh, obviously. But for, it, our horror, yeah. for our horror television show podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that that's okay for now. And yeah, I we mean. Just two women watching TV. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, this is clearly uh, what Thais is experiencing. And I wonder, like, what it means then at the end of this episode that she is aware that she is doing this thing. Because it seems very specific that that this is like that she comes to her consciousness with a bloody hand while eating dirt and i don't know that this is a fact but it seems like this is the first time that she is aware that she has been doing this ever yep right uh yeah it definitely has that feel like if we're just reading her performance yeah uh and her reaction to what lottie says in in passing uh what we have to go on here indicates that yeah she's she's experiencing this for the first time. Yeah. Like, 
outside of the state. Outside of, exactly. And like probably drawing, if that is true, drawing like a lot of connections to many things, perhaps even the moment when she ran by Lottie in 1996. And Lottie was like, <laughs> dude, were you eating dirt? And she was like, the fuck? Where the fuck would you come up with an idea like that? And then she's in... The tree. I hate that they live. I mean, like, I don't want Taisa to eat dirt, but I hate that they live in like an urban area where she has to like go to a potted tree to eat dirt. I just wish for her to at least have free range dirt in. Right. You know, it just feels it feels wrong that she has to go to this little potted tree. Um, All I can think of is like feral cats using that potted tree as a bathroom oh no oh no yeah i don't want I that don't to want be the case either. but like know. you know a, a potted plant in an urban setting is not safe from feral cats in my experience. no as a matter of fact it is like a prime target of feral cats uh so and, the, and this of course like this is a lot of um big the, this puts together a lot of big pieces for us the viewer because we now know that sammy talking about the woman in the tree um, was talking about Taisa. And when he's saying yeah. the bad one and it's the other one, he's probably been talking about his fucking mom and that he has seen yeah. his mom doing these things and has absolutely no tools as a tiny, tiny baby to put together what the fuck is happening. So this child is, as we have not been able to fully establish until this moment in the podcast, completely fucking traumatized um and that is why he's not okay but definitely the least okay person in the house is taisa mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. simone is so mad oh my gosh she is also so hot the madder simone gets the hotter she becomes i'm so sorry but it's true she deserves to be mad yeah she sure does for so many reasons her stare at Thaisa in the in like the beginning when she's when they're basically just unpacking the fact that Thaisa has not dropped out of the race her stare I was like they say looks like if looks could kill this is that like bottle this look because when looks can kill Ooh. okay what else about Thaisa probably I mean really this isn't maybe that big of a deal but I, I mean it is but in the grand scheme of things is it they almost hit a biker on their drive home which is very terrifying yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the way that she spent when when Simone and Taisa are having their grown folks talk, and Taisa starts like like Simone is obviously disturbed because like Taisa said she was going to drop out of the race and then did exactly the opposite and then also apparently disappeared for the night and they never had a conversation probably because Taisa was too busy eating dirt out of a potted tree. Right. Uh, Taisa spins this like. Well, you know, I looked at you and Sammy and I was like, this wasn't just my dream. This was our dream. And giving up on it felt like giving up on us. This is what tells me this woman is destined uh, for politics. For politics, uh, yeah. Uh, because she's absolutely full of shit. Yeah, she's completely full of shit. And Simone is like, yeah, well, that's true. Fucking be at this appointment at three, you fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. Like, if this is actually about your fucking family, then why don't you do anything for your family? How about that? Uh, yeah. It's amazing to me that, I mean, we don't know how long Thais has been eating dirt. I'm going to assume it has not been that long. Um, but I just can't imagine being in a marriage where you did not notice this fairly quickly so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out on a limb <laughs> and say 
that Thaisa has only just recently started this activity again because there's no y'all way. don't try to marry Kristen and keep your dirt eating a no secret. way I'll fucking it can't no, be I'm done. know you're eating dirt I give myself a, a maximum of two dirt eatings before I find out that you're <laughs> eating dirt Van is uh, a, Van's even, on to even the Van in the dark in, <laughs> in the, the water is like why how did your fingernails get so filthy Van and Tysa in the in the water is so cute and great Dude, Van Van writing they're doing a game where they write different words on each other's backs and see if they can guess what they are and Van's word is boobs and Van is like I write what I know and that rocks <laughs> that rocks it rocks it really rocks. She also says, treat me like a lady in response to <laughs> Thais's dirty fucking fingernails. It's great. This is the kind of this is the kind of representation we wanted in 1996. So it's lovely mm-hmm. to get it in flashback form. Um, they're cute, you know? They are cute. I will say it. I like them. That's true. Uh, and there's a brief acknowledgement in this uh, moment as well that no one knows that they're making out and um, hooking up and are girlfriends and Van is like what are you scared of what other people would think and speaking of politicians sort of like twisting a story and I'm not gonna like necessarily say this is what's happening but it sure does seem like it it sure does seem like Thaisa does not want people to know that she's queer um and she's spinning it as she just doesn't want the drama of people knowing Mm -hmm. you know you can't know you can't get inside a a person's head but that's what it feels like um Mm. taisa also giving us a line that i think jenny we both love when she's telling uh van that she wants to go and and save you know find find somebody save them go into the wilderness (laughs) etc she says it's not like we're on an island (laughs) (laughs) um and that's the big 96 of it all for taisa apart from eating dirt is that by the end of this episode um taisa is has told the camp that she's gonna she's gonna go and she's gonna try to find help yeah. because the alternative i mean she has a point like the alternative it is does what? seem weird that this hasn't already been something that's been in discussion. Yeah. All right. Shall we talk about uh, our sweet, beautiful baby Shauna? <sighs> Gosh. And so, like, we get, we do get 95 Shauna and Jackie in this episode, too. Um, just every time we see a scene, I'm like, that's in like 95 or 89 or whatever. I'm like, God damn it, past Kristen. <laughs> Why'd you have to be a dummy? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about Shauna dreaming of her burger Look, chicken baby. We've all <laughs> had a dream where we give birth to a rotisserie chicken, a delicious, <laughs> succulent, juicy rotisserie chicken moving its little wings and crying like a baby. This is amazing. This dream is amazing. It's amazing. I love it. A plus. A plus, 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 plus for this dream. Uh, I think it's done wonderfully. He's so beautiful, just like his father, Jackie yeah, he says. Just like Jeff. <laughs> Shut up about the rotisserie chicken. Oh. Oh, and then she starts uh, chowing down. Um, 
Good Lord, I really hope that's not a harbinger of things to come. At this point, definitely, we were all like, wait, the math on the baby means that the, that baby is not Callie. So what happened to the baby? Did they eat the baby? Oh, no. Shauna's having dreams of eating the baby. Oh, no. Yes. I don't think they eat the baby. That's my two don't cents. Uh, I don't think they eat the baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, so... Taisa comes back from the waterfall and uh, she and Shauna have a little chat. Shauna is considering trying to give herself an abortion. She heard that somebody she went to school with did it to herself with the uh, wire from an underwire bra. (sighs) Uh, She also accidentally reveals to Ty that Jeff is the father. Yeah. Well, she like accidentally and then purposefully i will right, 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 right. i will say because i do think it's an i i like the way that it's written where she like kind of half slips and she doesn't have to like say it clearly and with her full self but she does um secrets 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 they're sharing secrets taisa and shauna have a real episode this episode young young mm-hmm. ty and young shauna um i i want to talk about this um scene with the underwire the only thing that i find kind of bananas is that um taisa is like this bra seems to be missing an underwire like- <laughs> Detective Ty. <laughs> that part I was like, well, I mean, I guess she's kind of on the lookout for it because Shauna had said as much, but it still is like, whatever. Um, but <clears throat> this scene, which is intercut, we should say, with the baptism scene, which is also like a very, very poignant and powerful choice. Uh, Mm. is really hard to watch at any point. But we are speaking to you from the year 2022, where I have to say that this scene took on an even heavier weight than it had when I watched the show when it aired in 2021. Um, It is, I think, there's... Okay, so the choice to have this scene go the way that it goes. Shauna is in the woods. She is like brought all of the tools she believes that she needs. Um, certainly I will say as a person who knows my body a lot more after many, many years of journeying through fertility, I know that I had absolutely no idea what parts of my body were inside of my body until that time. And I think that that holds true for most young people, certainly young women in 1996. So, you know, there is a a total lack of of awareness here of what is even, I think, being attempted. Um, But she's in the woods and she's doing her best to kind of like piece it together. It's bad. It's bad. But it's also, I think, beautiful because I cried again. I cried. I cried when this scene happened in in real time when I was watching it. And I cried again today watching it. And it's not from the like terror and trauma of watching this. It's actually from the fact that Taisa and Shauna are together in this and the way that Mm -hmm. these actors deliver this performance for us because Taisa finds Shauna and 
she make I have like the chills even talking about it because she makes the decision in that moment when she finds Shauna to not say you can't fucking do this but to say like I you can't do this by yourself I have to be here with you and yeah. she tries to help her until Shauna cannot do I know I have like full body chills because it's so terrifyingly beautiful to me this this moment that they share where Shauna then can't do it and she's just sobbing and they take this thing out of Shauna and they hold each other and they're crying and she's saying I don't want to die I don't want to die I don't want to die this is Mm -hmm. I can't even no more of it like I can't I don't even think I can talk anymore about it because I'm gonna cry again just talking about it Mm -hmm. it's just so where where we are where we were perhaps where we've fucking always been this is a stunning scene of television. Um, and I, I don't think I didn't, I don't think I need to say more than that. But what do you think, mm-hmm. Jenny? Yeah, I'd love to move quickly away from this. Yeah, but I, I appreciate its presence in the show. Um, I, I really do. I, I, I just think it's true. And I like the moment between the two of them. Um, I think it's powerful. And I... Also, I'm glad that no one dies here. That is good. Yes. Agree. So uh, what else can we say about Shauna? Listen, (laughs) she and Jackie have a little conversation about uh, Jeff and Jackie's all like, oh, my gosh, he told me that he loves me and I didn't say it back and I regret making him wait and now I'm going to die out here a virgin and all of this stuff. She reveals that she even misses Jeff's <laughs> Ace Ventura impression. <laughs> Chekhov's Ace Ventura impression. <laughs> One can hope unleash the Jeff's Ace Ventura impression tapes, you cowards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, my note was, oh my God, of course Jeff does an Ace Ventura impression. (laughs) Uh, Kristen, I am now married to someone who also has an Ace Ventura impression (laughs) and it is, among other things, relentless. Um, it is always with me. I, you know, I invite Jess to the pod at any point simply to (laughs) do her Ace Ventura impression. Wow. Sounds great. <laughs> um, I also, this is a big Jim Carrey episode because also in Jackie's diary uh, in another scene, which I'm sure we're going to talk about Jackie's diary. One of her favorite movies is The Mask, uh, another yeah. Jim Carrey film. Uh, we got to talk about this, actually. We do. We do. But let's let's finish this because this scene in the woods is also important. There's m- more that I want to say about the scene between Jackie and Shauna in the woods. Hit it, bitch. <laughs> Which is just that as Jackie is talking about the fact that Jeff might lose his virginity to somebody while she's gone... Shauna is like clutching the side of the tree with the weight of her own guilt. And Mm. Jackie is like, oh, no, are you hungry? And Jackie gives her the like last piece of jerky that she has in her little pocket pouch, whatever, which Which is just, you know, pregnant women are supposed to be eating like 300 more calories a day. Uh, So, yeah, let's get that. Let's get that jerky going. Yeah. I don't want to be. Uh, morbid, but I 
I do. I am concerned for Shauna's general health, like the health of her body and its ability yeah. to support yeah. the growth of this baby. I mean, the fact that, and like, I'm sure that these things have happened, but to be pregnant and then get in a plane crash and then be absolutely malnourished and exhausted. You're sure this has happened? Well, I mean... <laughs> Kristen is positive this is happening. Uh, so, uh, sites we can source. Claire on the island. Uh, I, yes. End of list. Claire, Claire's baby. We got baby uh-huh. Aaron. Baby mm-hmm. Aaron's here with us. So <laughs> they, she left that. She had that baby after all that drama, and she left that baby on a leaf. You know what I mean? She just left him on a leaf. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but but also, though, here's the difference between Claire and Shauna is that Claire was like eight months pregnant. So like baby Aaron right. probably could have survived even if Claire had not survived the plane crash. You know what I mean? Like and I and I'm, I was laughing hysterically because I didn't mean that this exact thing had happened. I just meant that, like, you know, I'm sure I know that, like, there have been many pregnant women who have faced unspeakable trauma and still have, right. like, yes. carried their totally. pregnancies and have these babies, you know. It's just, but it is, like, really wild to think about the fact that, you know, Shauna has been through all of this and is, like, going through all of this and still is uh, supporting this tiny fetus's existence inside of herself um anyway what were we talking about ace ventura the diary we were gonna get to the diary i just wanted to make sure that we talked about the fact that jackie you know did this really nice thing in the woods yeah uh yeah jackie can be really nice Mm -hmm. i like jackie yeah, I know. You're really you're really pro team Jackie this watch. Look, it's not her fault that she has adapted to having hot girl privilege. <laughs> and that's how she lives her life. And that she's not very outdoorsy and that she doesn't want to be in the woods. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's talk about this journal. Uh, We can, like, go back and talk about how we get to the journal in a minute. But since it kind of starts in 1995, uh, let's just, like, dig in here. We see Shauna and Jackie, you know, Shauna sees a vision, a memory of her and Jackie in 1995 sitting on a bed Mm -hmm. in Jackie's room. And Shauna is holding a pink journal. And she's writing stuff in it as... Jackie gives her very clear instructions about how she should ask Jeff if Jeff likes Jackie. But it's like Randy, right? Isn't it like, tell Randy that you think, yes. that Jeff thinks, that I think. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a circuitous route that's being taken. Uh, it's a, a plan of Machiavellian proportions. <laughs> Jeff will not see this coming. Uh, and... Okay, and then we see, you know, Shauna in 2021 holding this journal. Here's the deal. Shauna was writing notes in it, right? She was, like, holding... Is it Shauna's journal that now lives in Jackie's room? Was it Jackie's journal? Let's take a look. I 
knelt in front of my television and painstakingly transcribed. I could have just looked up scre- other people's screenshots, Definitely, but I did it myself. A lot. This was a bit. Uh, if you didn't watch the show in real time, this was a moment for the internet, kids. Yeah, people were losing it. And uh, and here are some things we see inside the journal. Page one. My top ten tunes are. Wanna Be by the Spice Girls, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees, Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey, Ironic by Alanis Morissette, Doing It by Ladies Love Cool James, 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins, Wonderwall by Oasis, Because You Love Me by Celine Dion, Give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman, and Who Do You Love by Deborah Cox. Fave bands, there are two, and neither of them are represented in the my top ten tunes list. They are Outcast and No Doubt. Hey, we were more, I think we were a little more conscious in the late 90s of, like, the fact that you could like a song by an artist, but that didn't necessarily. Oh okay. Well, I mean, because we were listening <laughs> no, to full totally, albums, totally. like, way more, you know. this Now, this list makes it seem to me like this is Jackie's Yes. Yeah. Okay. And actually, everything that I'm about to read you makes me feel. I was gonna say the movies are the most Jackie list of all time. Okay. Top ten movies: Fear, The Birdcage, The Cable Guy, (laughs) Romeo Plus Juliet, Jumanji, Scream, Striptease, Matilda, The English Patient, The Craft. Now check it out. Such an incredible list. I know you're gonna talk about math. I just like. Fear next list. to the birdcage. Fucking sc- scream next to striptease next to Matilda. Just deli- just delicious. The range. The range here is just, it's just, yes, go ahead, Jen. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth 
of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. So, the release dates of these movies, let's talk about them. Because it's 1996, mm. and the girls' soccer team is going to nationals. Mm-hmm. Girls' soccer is a fall sport, question mark? Let's be generous and say it's it's the fall of 1996. Yes. We can be uh, as ge- as generous as you want to be. You're still never going to fit fucking scream in there. I'll tell you what. Romeo plus Juliet came out October 27th, 1996. Mm-hmm. The English Patient came out November 15th, 1996. And Scream came out December 18th. 1996. Just okay. one day after my 16th oh boy. birthday. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. I'll tell you what else. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a couple more uh, tasty little tidbits before I dump some more reality in your lap. Okay. Uh, celeb crush, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> uh, uh, don't forget about Justin Timberlake, who was also there. <laughs> You have to okay, have and a J and a minimum of one T in your name at least, to be Jackie. Yeah. Oh my God, JT her name or is, JTT. Her name is and Jackie Taylor. Jackie Taylor. There's a round of Mash, and here are the husband candidates. Okay. Mash, for those who have never played it, is a thing. Oh my God, it's like mansion, apartment, shack, house. That's what Mash stands for, and you come up with like four candidates for your husband and your job and how much money you have and what your house will be. And what it's how we all drive, learned about classism. Yeah. Uh, and then and then you would do a sort of like a, a by counting, you would sort of uh, reduce the, the uh, candidates until it came down to one in each and then you would have your results. But okay, in the husband list, we have Jeff, Travis... Some guy named Nick and Kristen, do you have any idea who the fourth candidate might be? No, I didn't. Why? It's Coach Ben Scott. What? I didn't look at the mash at all, actually. Obviously, Coach Ben Scott is hot. He's a hot man. Clearly. The the fact that um, someone from the faculty has made it into this MASH list. Oh, but this makes so unprecedented. much. No, it isn't. No, it is not. MASH was w- a wild time because the deal with MASH, at least from my playing of MASH, was that you would put basically one person that you wanted in there, maybe two. And then the other people were people you did, like you had to make the stakes high. So you could be like, oh, shit, you got Travis in a shack. Remember what I told you about classism? Yeah, kid. Like, you know what I mean? And 12 kids. Like, you you had to set yourself up for, like, the nightmare scenario to make the game fun. So I think that this could mm. track. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I would hardly, I would hardly classify Coach Scott as a nightmare scenario. The last page of data that we have is even more telling than the last bunch of date information I gave you. Movie characters I would be include Sidney Prescott from Scream, which again was released in December of 1996, Rose Dawson from Titanic, which was released in 1997, mm-hmm. Angela Hayes from American Beauty, and What's Her Bucket from 10 Things I Hate About You, both released in 1999. 
Mm. And Torrance Shipman, God bless America, from Bring It On, which was famously released in the year of our Lord, 2000. Yeah. So, what are we thinking? (laughs) Well, I did. I mean, this is, we've now reached the point where I'm watching in real time. And Jenny, I think you are damn near close to like being watching the show because I remember this being a hot topic in the text message exchanges between Kristen Russo and Jenny Owen Youngs. And so I did a lot of thinking about this. And my theory was that this was Jackie's diary or they had shared diaries and that Sean, because I just could not and still cannot get on board with the fact that this would just be an oops by the props department. It is so specific. So yeah. my guess was that, that you know, Shauna continued going over Jackie's house. Because at this point, I was like, Jackie clearly died and Jackie's no more. So Shauna is, when she gets back from the island, she is going over <laughs> to Jackie's house because she misses her best friend and she's still doing these things that they did together um, mm. but just without Jackie. So that's what I put on the table for consideration. <laughs> Another option, Jackie made it back from the island, but then but then died, died after some right. unknown reason. Right, right. Uh, after the year 2000, after she just needed to make it to bring it on and then she could. And then, yeah, uh, she has to make it to serious sweet release. As soon as she sees Eliza Dashku, uh, then she's ready to go. Yeah, and and maybe this will Jenny you can you can tell me if this gets the gavel for not allowed or allowed but mm. i paused my television this watch on the photo of Jackie blowing out her birthday candles because this is Jackie's birthday and i counted the candles how many were there 15 candles okay so i don't know if that's Pass, but and it doesn't mean it. It just felt like okay. So then, if Jackie's last birthday she was fifteen, then she doesn't make it back. Well, no, from... but aren't they like seniors? So yeah, these are right. inconclusive birthday candles. Inconclusive birthday candles. No one can know. No one knows. But what we do know is that most of us watching this show in real time spent days of our lives, not to be confused with the soap opera, researching mm. every fucking thing that was in this goddamn journal. Uh, and perhaps we'll get answers. Perhaps we won't. <laughs> Remains to be seen. So does that do it for teen Shauna? Can we it, de- it depends because there's this confusing like we got we have to go to brunch at the Taylors with adult Gotta go Shauna. to brunch. Gotta go to brunch with adult Shauna and Jeff at um Jackie's parents' house. And there is a little bit that I want to talk about that has to do with adult Shauna flashing back. So we can let's just go to brunch and we'll put everything else in the bin that we need to talk about at brunch. Okay. So it's the annual It's Jackie's Birthday R.I.P. brunch at the Taylor household. Uh, Uh, Jackie's parents are really lacking in social skills. And while I understand that losing your teen daughter must be painful in in ways we we cannot know. uh, And obviously that would impact, you know, the rest of your life, I think, uh, to some degree. I don't, I think by now they should have figured out how to uh, coexist 
with people who loved Jackie without uh, just completely negging them. Yeah. Your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I love to give as much room as possible. It's like part of my DNA to just be like, well, I agree. I do. The only the only room that I will give to this is that we are put in 2021 because it is an anniversary year. As a matter of fact, um, I believe <gasps> it's a- Some might say that's reunion pay dirt, baby. <laughs> If this pod ever gets a jingle, it should just be a pay dirt jingle. Hell yeah. Um, so so we know that for the survivors of this uh, plane crash, it is 25 years. So I will give a little bit of room to the, to the fact that these parents clearly have always been a bit of an asshole about their daughter. I am 100% positive that they were a bit of an asshole about their daughter while she was still alive. <laughs> Um, okay, so when we're at brunch, after Shauna oh opens up God. the bunny statue, she's also getting sex. Well, they're not sex yet, but I mean, Adam points in one direction and it is a sext. So uh-huh. it's not sexy yet, but it's going to get there. She goes upstairs to get away from the chaos where, you know, uh, Jackie's parents are being shitbags. She goes into Jackie's room. That's when we see the diary. It's also when... Shauna sees Jackie sitting on her bed saying, mm-hmm. it's not your fault. It wasn't your fault. What wasn't her fault? We don't know. Shauna's we like. We don't know yet. But Shauna's like, I know. And Jackie's like, what? <laughs> no, it's totally your fault. Yeah, no, but your we line was. Yeah, your line was actually, this is totally your fault. Um, But we were kids and it was awful. And then there's this like really cool, I love this. Why are you here? Says Shauna to Jackie. And then ghost Jackie question mark says, why are you here to Shauna? And then we get a little Jeffus interrupt us, mm-hmm. uh, pulling Shauna out of her reverie. And uh, they have a little exchange. He's like, well, you left me alone down there. She's like, do you ever wish dot, 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 you know? Yeah. And he's like, we can leave if you want. Uh, and that's what we got. The Shauna Jackie Jeff triangle is prominent in this episode. Clearly, we already talked about the scene in the woods between Jackie and Shauna. There's the whole baby situation. Um, and in present day, we are triangulating again because of this birthday gathering and um you know i think at least to put a bit of a bow on that triangle <laughs> do we want to i'm not sure uh, let's put a buddy on that triangle let's put a buddy on that triangle um i just think that the fact that i just think that this the car ride that Shauna and Jeff take really does a lot of work for us here, or at least for for me, um, in Jeff telling Shauna he doesn't wish that he married Jackie. They've made a life together, and it's not perfect or what they thought it would be, but he doesn't have any regrets. Jackie was going to break up with me anyway. That was all I was ever going to be to Jackie, a high school boyfriend. But you and me, we built, he trails off, we are still together, and that means something. I love you. And Shauna reaches over and holds his hand. 
This I feel a- like there's some things he could have left out. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of love that he doesn't. It's like very Jeff. Like Jeff is yeah. like honest to a fault, question mark again. Like, I don't know. It's like. I I I think a lot because people have brought up the Jeff Riley comparison, um, and I think that I do think that Riley is is a Jeff. I just think that Jeff was able to be written as his full self, which is what makes mm. us love Jeff. And I don't think that Riley was ever filled in like this because yeah, it's the it's the the fact that Riley was never filled in that makes you be like, what the fuck? But when you see the fullness that is Jeff, you like, I mean, I am. I love Jeff. I love him so much. Yeah, yeah. And we got to back up a second. Uh so we can really appreciate Jeff because yeah, yes. Let me run down some things that uh, Mrs. Taylor says to Shauna and Jeff. Uh, Jackie would have been happy for you. She was generous that way, and she always worried about Shauna finding someone. Mm. You two are a better match. The the type to be content. Also, you can't be remarkable and raise a family. <laughs> Jeff's the only one who contributes. They they say this when they're talking about offering to to help with Callie's college, and Shauna is like, absolutely not. Uh, then, mm, uh, then she, then she says later, Jackie was so gifted. I can't imagine how exhausting it must have been to always be comparing yourself to someone so beautiful and smart. And that's when Jeff has had enough. He's like, Shauna got into Brown. She's the smartest person I ever met. Also, Shauna and I were sleeping together when Jackie and I were still a couple. Jackie was amazing, but so was my damn wife. (laughs) I may have been an idiot then, but at least I was smart enough to see that. And this really is the best tuna quiche I have ever tasted. Okay, how dare anyone serve tuna quiche at brunch time? Agree. You mo- or ever quiche, but tuna in the sobering tuna light of day. Or quiche, one or the other. One I or the say. other. You can't have it both ways. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. This is good, Jeff. This is good. Good. I like it. I'm here for it. And I also believe that. I also believe that Jeff had had enough. Like he's been going to these brunches and probably maybe not to this level, but has been picking up a lot of this shit for however many years. And he's like, you can go fuck yourself, actually. Uh, And Shauna is pleased, isn't she? Oh, yeah. Oh, she is pleased as punch. Yeah. And she decides not to text Adam back she's so pleased until Jeff has to go back into the store for more inventory database nonsense and then Shauna's like fuck it yeah Ugh, Adam my note to Adam is be cool man be cool Adam is un- <laughs> Adam is unspooling he's texted Shauna that she- I miss you is that too much then he's waited an undetermined amount of time to be like what are you wearing and then again call me and then I do not miss you just kidding. And then a pile of his clothes. Can you guess what I'm wearing? No response from Shauna that whole time. Adam, you need to be cool. Adam, it would be cool if you could be cool. Yeah. Okay. So Adam is not being cool, but he does eventually win win out despite his lack of coolness because of the fact that Jeff leaves. And Shauna's like, hey, I can do that too. 
So one other like tiny Shauna thing, which is only related in a book club sense, is that we have not yet talked about the coming together of Shauna, Thaisa, and Nat in adult form. But before that yes. happens, in the motel parking lot, Randy is there because he's in a fight with his wife, Tammy. They're going... They're having one of their little divorces right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and one of my favorite parts about the Randy Shauna exchange, which is just absolutely delightful from top to bottom, is the mm-hmm. oh, I mean, Randy literally has a tattoo of a yellow jacket on his side, which he shows oh Shauna. Uh, it's all very, very, very good. Um, but my favorite part is that Shauna only knows how to tell one lie, and it is always book club, no matter what. She literally <laughs> still uses book club in the bird. She's like, my book club meets over there <laughs> well uh randy is like jeff's best bro right so she's got to keep it consistent that's true just in case they compare notes that's true that's true okay that is true i forgot about that i should have known because randy says to give jeff a big man hug from me <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so Let's let's talk about perhaps Nat for a second before we get into mm-hmm. sort of them all coming together and the blackmailing and the misty of it all. Condoms are on the island. Great, great news. We've got condoms, kids. Uh, ben, in fact, has a million condoms. Thank he has God. So many condoms. How many pajamas do you need for a one week trip to Seattle? One. How many condoms do you need for a one-week trip to Seattle when you're as hot as Coach Ben Scott? The sky's the limit, my friends. Oh, I love Coach Ben so much. And I love... So he has caught wind. He basically says, like, you know you know, girls talk about everything. Well, I basically know that you're fucking around with Nat because I live with 100 girls and Mm -hmm. they're all talking about it and everybody knows. And they do because there's a great, there's a great like Travis and Nat return to the campfire moment where they're all whistling. And I think Van says, is beaver season? Uh Just Van, MVP, MVP. Um... (laughs) But uh, regardless, Coach Ben has gotten word of this and luckily has prepared himself for his week in Seattle. Man, he really missed out, huh? Like he was going to have a time in Seattle. Yeah. And he gives Travis all of these condoms because he says, and he's right, like it's none of my business until it is my business because if there's a baby uh, out here. Then it's everybody's business. It's everybody's business because that's going to be a fucking disaster. And Travis makes fun of Ben for having so many condoms, which is delightful. And then what's even more <laughs> delightful is that when Travis leaves, Ben says to basically nobody like, fuck me. <laughs> he says to the corpse of skeleton buddies somewhere outside. Yeah. Lord, yeah. help yeah. me and save me, please. I did not sign up for trying to talk to Travis about having sex with Nat nor lying to Misty about having a crush on her. I just wanted to bring my condoms to Seattle and get laid. That's all I wanted. Yeah. He's a simple man. (laughs) So we see Nat and Travis hooking up a bunch. Uh, We see Travis accidentally drop a condom and Nat's like, oh, okay. And that leads to a conversation about, like, what's everybody's number? Uh, 
Classic. And then uh, Nat does a little uh, feminism speech. Nat does a little feminism. Just leave it there. Nat does a little feminism. Yeah. She she quotes. She doesn't even know that she's future quoting Janelle Monet saying that the vagina now has a monologue. I was like, wait, I've heard this before. Where have I heard this before? Oh, right. A fucking shit's in a Janelle Monet song. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love I I know that we don't know the whole of Travis and Nat's relationship, but we've only heard about future them via Taisa, who calls it toxic, right? But I actually mm-hmm. get really wonderful vibes from the two of them as a duo in this episode. I think that they really catch each other a lot of times, especially given the fact that they are teenagers. You know, we have yeah. like Travis feeling really insecure at the jump when they're first making out and Natalie like really, really taking care of him and going above and beyond to be like, you're a really good kisser and I actually don't want to leave, you know? Like, that's nice. Mm -hmm. And then we get the reverse of that with him asking for Nat's number. Nat carries a lot of baggage already at this age because she has her own teammates calling her a fucking slut. So who knows how many people are calling her a slut outside of just her teammates. Um, And so she gets really upset. And Travis, I think, does a really great job of actually being vulnerable enough to say, like, I actually haven't ever slept with somebody and I didn't mean anything. But, you know, I'm like, they they just are good. Mm -hmm. They're really talking to each other and they're really... I think helping each other feel safe to share an intimate experience. And that is like where yeah. they get to. They get to that place. And I just think it's I just think it's really nice and I love them. It is nice. It is good. Uh but you know, nothing kills a boner <laughs> like staring out the door of the your recently crashed aircraft where a number of your peers died actually and seeing a bloody antlered deer they're totally gonna take a one-way ticket to bone town except for that bloody deer that bloody deer just scoots right on by but it is still kind of good i mean like i don't like that the deer is bloody but in the first and before you see that the deer is bloody it's like they're maybe gonna have sex and then it's like there's a deer that's great everybody's so hungry and travis is like grab the gun and i'm like i'm still in it i'm still into it okay you know what i mean like (laughs) we have just changed lanes on the sexy highway but it's we're still here it's not until that damn fucking bloody ass antler situation happens and then leads to maggots. Like then my then the boner's gone. Then there's no boner. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean the fact that they can even and Nat calls this out. Like they are literally their makeout sessions are happening on a bloody plane. So Yeah. They're really having to, you know imagine use their imaginations fantasy Mm. thank god for fantasy luckily at least one version of nat gets to do it in this episode episode. by hot hot kevin yes we love to see him uh he happens to swing by the efficiency apartment just as natalie is heading out to sell her frigging porsche um, one thing that I want to talk about before Nat bangs Kevin, probably a few things, but one of them is that I would like to redact my former hypothesizing about Nat wearing fishnets for Halloween. Because yeah, because she's still wearing fishnets. Over the top of a 
button-up white collared shirt above her jean shorts under it's a lot i'm actually it's i'm not sure it's a no i don't even know if it's a no at this point we've gone so far it's so fucking much that who knows what it is who knows what it is but it's a lot um so we learn a little bit here about kevin because we really don't know that much except for the haiku he gave us but it seems that Kevin either, I mean, it's, is this Kevin's kid? It's either Kevin's kid or Kevin's stepkid. Um, oh, definitely Kevin's kid. Kevin's kid. It lo- I mean, it looks like it's Kevin's kid. Um, and mom couldn't make it to the game. We don't really know why. And so he brings Nat to the game. And it's cute. She has, despite the fact that she probably hasn't played soccer in 25 years, she has a spicy little tip for Mason. This reminded me of when I was like, I don't know if Nat would like dance to the Montel Jordan song. And you were like, uh, you forget that Nat is a jock. I had that moment in this scene mm-hmm. as well where I was like, oh, there she is. There it is. There's the jock side of Nat where she's like yes. sweepers, sweepers, we go left and then go right. And then she's like sc- yeah. shouting for this kid as he makes the goal. It's very, very cute. Um, <laughs> but she's sort of like. It triggers her. And I don't think that any of us know, like, the exact of it all, but it's just, like, soccer, trauma, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she gets so into it that I think she, like, loses that guard that she probably holds. And she's like, I have to get the fuck out of here. And she just goes into the parking lot to, like, smoke a cigarette and calm down. Kevin is um, really, really sweet as well in this exchange. After the game is over, he comes out and he's like, they won. Um, and I'm just so, you know, like, I don't think that you're crazy. I think you've been through a lot and that's okay with me. And then he holds her hand. Now, this is, I would have sex with you too, Kevin. This is good shit to take care of her. Very nice and cute. It really is. Uh, Kevin, you should probably run, but (laughs) have fun since you're already here. Okay. So, um, clearly we know that Misty is watching them bang, um, on her fucking iPad or whatever the fuck. I lament. (laughs) So maybe, maybe we should go to the section I call Misty and her medical murder thievery since we've got a very small amount of Misty in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. But she really uh, makes it work. She makes it last. She makes the time last. Woof. Yeah, we see her um leaving work and emptying her scrubs pockets of the medicine that she has stolen from work into a duffel bag completely full of medicine we assume she has stolen from work. And then while she's watching Nat and Kevin bang No, I'm a multitasker. I love to have like a manual task to do that I don't have to think about while I'm watching TV so that I can feel like I'm productive while watching TV. And so I can really appreciate where Misty is coming from as she fills her uh, mortar and pestle up with pills that she crushes methodically while watching uh, the owl fuck cam. Good God. She um, likes cronuts. We can add that to the list of things that Misty likes. Uh, coconut, LaCroix, cronuts. It almost sounds like the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she she <gasps> probably likes tuna quiche, if I'm being oh, honest. Oh, she probably does. Oh, my God. She should be the absolutely be the one going to those birthday. She would also love those rabbit statues. Let's be real. Yes. So, um, okay. So Misty calls fucking Jessica Roberts because she is apparently taking matters into her own hands. Uh, she has, uh, yeah. She has heard, I assume, like she has heard also through the owl cam the conversation between Nat and Shauna and Taisa, where Nat was going to call Jessica Roberts and then didn't. So Misty calls Jessica Roberts and is like, meet me. Uh, you'll know it's me by the overture from Phantom of the Opera blasting from my car. From my hospital green Fiat. This car it comes from the same place as Coconut Lacroix. Oh my goodness. And um she does a little she does a little stabby stab, doesn't she, Jenny? She does a little syringe in the thigh. And Jessica Roberts wakes up in Misty's basement, handcuffed to a hospital bed with duct tape over her mouth. Okay. She's screaming as Misty like leaned up at the top of the stairs in the doorway says, Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the fact that you're a terrible person keep you up tonight. Says the person who just drugged you and handcuffed you to a hospital bed in her basement. Oh, no. Woof. Uh, we we hate to see it. Oh, my God. So that's a lot from Misty. I assume we'll carry on through that plot line in the next episode. Can't wait to find out what the fuck is going to happen between those two and when how Caligula mm-hmm. may or may not get involved. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so since this, since she's watching them on the owl cam, do you want to talk about blackmail? Yes, this is a perfect time to talk about blackmail. When the gals, when the gal squad mm-hmm. uh, initially meets at Natalie's efficiency apartment, <laughs> few things that, that we really need to talk about. Natalie and Shauna are seeing each other for the first time. Natalie's first words to Shauna are... You look like shit. What a bitch. And then how's Jeff? Is he still hawking futons? And Taisa is like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. What is between what? Natalie and Shauna? Oh, I can't wait to uh, learn. They give Shauna a little tour of Travis's autops photos and the candle wax triangle buddy hypothesis. Uh, we learn, importantly, that Shauna did not receive a postcard or a blackmail text. And they're like, even Misty got a postcard. I know. Shauna's like, you both got one? She's like sad about yeah. it. She's feeling a little yeah. FOMO for the triangle, but classic triangle buddy FOMO. Uh, Thaisa lies. And says that she threatened Jessica Roberts with a lawsuit, mm-hmm. which we know is not true. Um, Shauna masterminds this so quickly is a note that I took. Like she. Oh, yeah. She only just found out about the blackmail two seconds ago. And she's like, well, we'll just put a GPS tracker in the money bag. I'm like, Shauna, what? <laughs> <laughs> Where? You just pulled that out of 
your ass? Like, what? I thought Misty yeah. was the fucking citizen detective. What the hell's going right. on over here? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Shauna also probably listens to, like, murder podcasts, right? Yeah, while she kills rabbits in her yard. Seems yeah. fitting. Also, just, like, to that point, I think that, you know, obviously there's, like, the the butchering in the woods of it all, and that's, like, what you connect when you think about Shauna killing a rabbit. But I do think that there's a lot of rabbit. There's a lot of deer in this episode. We did, we got a lot of deer, no wolf in this episode, but mm. there's also a significant helping of rabbit because we, you know, we see Jackie in the woods ready to kill a rabbit right uh, right next to Jackie's parents being like, she loved cute little rabbits, you know, like, <laughs> and then we know that Shauna has killed a rabbit and served it in her stew. Like, there's just, there's just a lot happening here. I think, like, the parallel of... Jackie writing in her diary about all of her favorite movies and being trying to survive in the woods uh, mm-hmm. like the dichotomy there is the same as the dichotomy between writing like Matilda next to striptease right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, uh, so Taisa can't get the money out of her account without Simone co-signing and she's not telling Simone that she needs $50,000 so instead Natalie sells her Porsche yeah, I can't R. believe Porsche. she did it. She says, I, I feel like it's a lie. She's like, it just, the car wasn't who I am anymore. And I'm like. She said, when I bought it, I was somebody else. Somebody who wasn't being blackmailed about my my <laughs> wilderness cannibalism yeah. for $50,000. Yeah, okay. okay, that's, I guess then, then she is telling the truth. Um, <laughs> but, oof, she does it without even like batting an eye. She's just, goodbye, car. Also, She's wild. Being practical wild to me that she has this car but Thaisa is paying for her was paying for her like recovery um rehab stay so maybe there's more to that line than like we know you know that about this car maybe there is more to mm. that car than meets the eye mm. <laughs> right at the end of the episode they receive the all right here's where you're gonna drop the money text uh so you know that feel don't you just hate it <laughs> When you're in a f- deep in a fugue state, shoveling uh, <laughs> potted tree soil into your mouth and you get a text that's like, mm. hurry up rushing you about dropping $50,000 somewhere. Uh, I do hate it usually unless it like lets me know that this has been happening because maybe that's helpful, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, to be yeah, honest, it with is you, Jenny, actually a bit of luck, I think. I don't uh, know if I have the will tools. will be a bit of luck in the long run to really assess how I'd be feeling but yeah um, <laughs> yeah it's time to drop off the cash do you think they've all been told to drop off the cash at the same time and place or is it staggered like what's what's the game here well, I, I don't know what's going on with Misty but I th- I think we see that that Ty and Nat get the text at the, get same, the text time. At same time so like in this blackmailer's vision they're like what are you doing here <laughs> ah. um okay uh i thought jenny when you started talking about the end of the episode that you were going to talk about the horrific insides of the deer with the bloody <laughs> antlers which, which kind of ties into something in the woods that we didn't talk about too too much which is like food is like food was an issue food is now like seriously an issue 
Um, um, yeah. The, we, you know, we have a whole scene where <laughs> Mari, again, like so relatable. Seriously, how the fuck are there no berries? This is me in the woods. I am actually Mari is what I've realized <laughs> after studying these characters. So the deer is full of maggots. The you deer hate to see is it, also- but also if they were being resourceful, they could pull out all those maggots and like no saute them. No. Yes, pro- no. delicious succulent protein. No. Kristen, maggots. Yes, they're starving You're- in the wilderness. No. I would die in the wilderness before I ate a maggot. Do you want to know why? why? Two reasons. One, maggots are disgusting. And two, a movie called The Lost Boys starring Kiefer Sutherland as a vampire where he makes the Chinese food white rice look like Mm. maggots. And I watched it as a child and I can and will never know. Oh, you know what, Kristen? I actually Googled, can you eat a maggot? <laughs> you just get like a self-help pamphlet in the mail from the people who monitor the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh the internet says eating maggots or maggot-infested food can cause bacterial poisoning. I was thinking of grubs because they look like much bigger maggots. Guess who survived? Please don't this eat maggots, episode dear listener. Of Doomcoming. Uh, Kristen 1, Jenny 0. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Oh god, I'm so glad that nobody has to eat maggots. Um but yeah, this deer is rotting and you know, uh, probably most important point, even more important than everyone still being hungry because they can't eat this deer, is that the fucking deer that Lottie uh, saw in her vision is now at their feet at the campsite. Yeah. So Ooh. perhaps we should all be molders. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yes. Uh, and you know who is a f- the, the biggest Mulder of them all is fucking, I refer to her in my notes lovingly as LL. Uh, That's for, right. For Laura Lee. Laura Lee is like, uh, yeah, you, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Laura Lee is like, I want to believe. Yeah. Yeah. She sure is. Wow. Well, Kristen, have I got a question for you? Oh, I'm, I'm going to have an answer. What's the most 90s thing? Mm. Is it a little My Little Pony? Ooh. Is it giving people the finger while saying sit and spin? Is it hearing a rumor about someone in your school giving themselves an abortion with the underwire from a bra? Oh, that's dark. I know it's dark, <laughs> but I, I, I know we're here to do the, the Lord's like, work. I understand. You know, it's, yeah. it's didn't come from nowhere. I know. Or is it tuna quiche uh it is oh absolutely sticking your middle finger up and saying sit and spin i actually highlighted it in my notes as the if jenny puts this in this is my answer (laughs) which is why i was so silent because on my end jenny can uh testify to the fact that i was sitting here like tight-lipped nodding emphatically when she said it that wins do you agree I agree. Yeah. That is the correct answer. Second sit and spin. That whole exchange, like even like you can include a fucking van being like, is it beaver season? Like the whole <laughs> the whole run of that dialogue was just 1000 percent 1996. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, should we 
is has the time come for us to turn our eyes uh, forward and c- contemplate what the buzz might be? Yes. If you are skipping this section, you might as well sit and spin. We'll be back on the other wow. side. <laughs> Kristen said that, not Jenny. <laughs> Okay, so a few things. Yeah, you're leading the charge because I didn't have time. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. so from uh, Jenny thinking Jenny's little thoughts, mm-hmm. which is the alt title for this segment. Uh, all right, obviously we know Jeff is the blackmailer. There was some confusion in my mind. I think when I when I first watched the series, I was like, are the postcards connected to the blackmailing? I thought I like I had filed them elsewhere. Yeah. But true. Shauna didn't get a didn't get a postcard either. So right now I'm writing the uh Jeff sent these post Jeff. Jeff went to fucking Kinkos Vistaprint.com yeah. <laughs> And he printed out these little postcards. Do you think Randy is in on it? No, Randy is. God bless him. Randy just has other stuff going on. I just can't. Uh, I cannot. Also, Jeff being like, like, let me go analog and digital. Like, let me take both paths. Yeah, yeah. God help me. Okay, so consider, if you will, the Taylors offering... uh, college money to help with Callie's education. Shauna can't take this money because of her enormous guilt over Jackie's death. Jeff choking on his tuna quiche being like, oh god, no, please let us accept this money. Fuck. I know. He's such a good boy about it too. I had like a moment of being like Jeff chokes on his food to fucking keep it together and stand by Shauna's <laughs> side in this because he's like please uh I didn't come across too much juicy stuff in the reddit from when this episode came out people were definitely like oh Jeff is the blackmailer Jeff is the blackmailer Jeff is the blackmailer uh people were wondering if Ben was banging coach Martinez and that's why he had so many condoms because if you recall when uh when we see everybody leaving to like go to the plane uh mrs martinez does not seem interested whatsoever in uh, any affection Mm -hmm. from her husband whose first name is coach right uh and ben has a whole lot of condoms i think it's probably more realistic uh that ben just had some adventure some adventures planned Uh, but i guess there's nothing to disprove this theory on the table right now other than that Ben has a boyfriend, uh, which is not like I think I think Ben was like going to do to visit his hookups. Boyfriend. I don't think I don't think Ben right has uh I don't think Ben is like has a boyfriend and also is having a ongoing affair with his coworker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my that's what I the vibe I have yeah, from yeah. the complete season. Yeah. Uh also <laughs> Someone on Reddit said, too bad Lottie didn't have a premonition before getting on the plane. Oh, of my course, God. But the meds. She didn't have a premonition before getting on the plane because she's still on her meds at that right, point. Right. Uh, which seemed to interfere with her visions or precognition or what have you. Yeah. 
I am. Um, I I guess like one thing that I want to talk about in the spoilery section about Lottie is just this this like thread that is starting to happen for me with like Lottie and Laura Lee and like religion and spirituality and where we know that this goes, which is or at least where we think that this goes based on how the series ends, which uh, how the season ends, which is that there's like that Lottie is like the head of this cult. Um, And so that just got me thinking about the way like what would have happened if Laura Lee didn't die you know because Laura Lee is this like really grounded guiding force in this moment for Lottie and it feels powerful but then Laura Lee has got what fucking two not even two full episodes left rest her perfect beautiful soul Mm -hmm. and so I'm just you know I just it's like the in the bigger thinky thoughts of the spoilery section of just yes, like huh. the bigger thinky thoughts, huh? You know, because what is the show? What is the show gonna say about like being in a cult and like blah blah blah? And how are they gonna like? So it just seems like a really fascinating origin point to to look more at this relationship between Laura Lee and Lottie, knowing right. where we're headed. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't have anything too, too specific here um, for this week, except for that. Oh, I'll save this for the other side of the spoilers. For This is not a spoiler, but I, there was a note that I didn't get to say. But do you have All anything right. else in Jenny's spoilery spoiler corner? That completes my contributions. Great. Uh, on the other side of what's the buzz, I forgot to say that when Shauna replies to fucking Adam, she tells him... To lie on the floor face down and wait for her, she may or may not show up in 45 minutes. Standing ovation for Shauna, the top in this and every relationship. This just distinctly feels like absolutely none of our business. (laughs) Misty begs to disagree. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Misty can have it. (laughs) Oh, all right. She was. Is that this whole episode? I mean, honestly, as you can tell, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, there is a lot in all these episodes. So we are certainly going to miss things because if we didn't, we'd be here for, you know, 1000 years. Um, The next episode. We talked about the episode for twice as long as the episode. And yet. And yet. The next episode, Jenny, is called No Compass which seems like a harbinger of doom, given the fact that we know that that at least Dice is heading into the woods. I sure yeah, hope that she yikes. does have a compass. Maybe, please. Yikes. So I guess we'll see uh, what happens hate to see it. next um, time. Uh, well, Jenny, um, perhaps you can say until next time, Oh, are we just going to do, are we going to stick with uh, g- girls ch- ch- chanting creepily, whatever the fuck they, they do? Oh, uh, women vocalizing eerily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do that again. Okay. Till next time.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.